Yes, sir. Okay. Hello, Four Star Nation, and welcome to a special Monday night interview. We have the Director of High School Relations with the University of Memphis, Coach Reggie Howard. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Coach. Oh, thank you guys for having me, man. Excited to be on here with you guys. Uh, we got Brandon Bumgarner in the in the house with us tonight. Uh, Coach, I guess my first question, um, I'm a lifelong Tiger fan. Uh, up until this season, my stepdad hadn't missed a game since 85. But um, talk a little bit about uh, your journey from that dreadful day against UAB where you got hurt through mm -hmm. your, your NFL career. And Brandon will touch more on some highlights of that career. But uh, talk a little bit of just about your journey and then what you can bring to these young men in today's football game about your journey. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, man, it was uh, – uh, the injury happened um, uh, my senior season, 99, and uh, uh, it was crazy. I remember we was playing in the game, and I had just met with uh, uh, Rip Shear, who was the head coach then, and uh, that night he had just talked to me about um, – um, they wanted me to do an interview with ESPN and um, um, I had just broke like um, the top 10 corners across the country and uh, looking at not being drafted no lower than the, the third round and things of that standpoint. And uh, man, just went into the game, man, just uh, we were up pretty good in the game and we were winning and I remember they punted the ball and uh, he said, well, man, you know, um, you guys go out here and stop them one more time. They had a really good punt return on it on their return. So he's like, well, uh, defense, you guys go out there and stop them guys one more time, and I'm going to take you out the game. You guys don't have to play anymore. Uh, we went out there, man, and the guy um, was – I was making a tackle on the guy, and uh, one of my teammates uh, accidentally uh, caught me uh, with his knee in the back of my head when my head was going backwards and his knee was going forward and uh, uh, broke my neck then. I didn't know what was going on. I, I did hear the crack uh, when it happened. I didn't know what it was. And I just remember, you know, the back, my back and everything felt like it was on fire. Um, and so um, I remember coming off the field and um, uh, I had no idea what was wrong, but I just told him, man, it was just a lot of pain in my back. And uh, they took the pads off me, took the helmet off me and took me back immediately to have the x-rays. And I didn't know I had broke my neck until um, after they did the x-rays and they told me that. And um, they flew me back immediately on a Learjet uh, to have emergency surgery um that that next day and um man it was crazy i just remember being on that plane and uh you know i was in pain and they had me on the board and all that but i just remember just just uh praying praying to god and just you know asking them for another opportunity to play the game man because i thought it was all gone and um yeah. just asking them if you gave me another chance i would uh use it for something bigger than football um, and so, you know, fortunately for, you know, for me, man, God blessed me with the opportunity to play again. Um, I had a surgery on my fifth and, uh, fifth and sixth vertebrae and, uh, they took some bone off my hip and, uh, they told me that, um, there wasn't an increased risk of me having that injury again, which was big for me and my family. Uh, because I told them that if I started to have any complications or if my body started to break down on me that, you know, I, I would walk walk away from the game, no questions asked. And uh, that's kind of what happened, man. I, I, I played seven years in, got good seven years. Uh, body started to kind of beat up on me a little bit. And, you know, it was just – I held true to my promise to my family and just told them that, that I'll just walk away from it. And, you know, uh, of course, my agent was a little pissed at me at the time. And uh, the GM, 
Uh, but Coach Fox was, was really, really cool with me about it. And he told me he respected me as a man and the decision I was making. And, and he's, he's quite frankly been one of my, uh, if not, uh, the best or one of my best advisors um, as I transitioned into the coaching world. You know, I talked to Coach Fox, uh, John Fox, who coached me with the Panthers all the time, and and also Rip Shear and those guys give me a lot of guidance as I kind of move toward, you know, um, continue to grow in this in this in this coaching career. So um, it's just man, it, you know, it was a blessing to play. Um, got a real opportunity to play with some really good players. Got a chance to live a dream and. You know, now with me being able to come back and be at Memphis, just, you know, really just talking to the to the players from a level of, you know, uh, giving them the blueprint of what it takes to make it to that next level. And, you know, uh, everybody want to chase the dream. You know, I'm never going to crush a guy from trying to chase the dream. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you ensure yourself uh, that you put yourself in position to succeed, whether you make that dream or not. Um, so that's why it's big to make sure that, you know, you acquire your degree and, you know, make sure that you put yourself in a position where um, you can make better income for you and your family, no matter if you make it to the, to the NFL, you know, you could be a professional, whatever you do, um, just make sure you take advantage of that. Because at the end of the day, you know, these guys are paying you to play uh, for, the, for the school and the school is getting your athletic ability in return and your trade-off is that scholarship and acquiring your degree. So make sure you, you know, you don't get used in that situation. So, that's just been my biggest message with the guys is just talking to them from that level and just, you know, just telling them things that I learned and, you know, mistakes I made and things that can help them avoid those type of mistakes um, so that they can be, a, you know, the best player that they can be. Um, so it's, it's been great, man, uh, especially coming back to Memphis and being able to just talk to these guys and being a hometown guy and, um, you know, being able to be a liaison uh, for these guys where, I still have relationships within NFL where I can reach out and check up on guys for them and things of that standpoint. So for me, man, it's, it was a situation where I walked away from the game for about 10 years, uh, doing a lot of nonprofit work, uh, but then uh, did an internship with Coach Fox uh, with the Denver Broncos and did another one with them with the Chicago Bears. And that's when I knew I just, man, I, I it was like I had found something that had been missing. Um, and it was just that love of the game, and I just really do love being around the game and uh, being around the guys. They call me Uncle Rich, you know, <laughs> uh, with the team, you know, because at the end of the day, man, I'm just one of them. I, I'm an extension of them, but now I've crossed over to the side of being a guy that can help them reach their goals and reach their ambitions. Gotcha. Go ahead, bro. Coach, so uh, you, you mentioned that Guy, helping guys get to the NFL, do you still stay in contact with former alumni such as like Bobby McCain, Arthur Millette, guys that played the same position as you uh, and help them grow as NFL players themselves? I know Bobby was recently released by the Dolphins and now he's looking to pursue other uh, another location for his career. And uh, Arthur Millette just signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, do you keep up with those guys and everything like that? Oh. Yeah, I've started to build a relationship with those guys this past year. Um, basically, with my role as uh, director of high school relations, one of the things that uh, Silverfield tasked me with early on was just making sure I reconnected uh, with a lot of the former guys. So, um, you know, I've made contact uh, not with just guys that played my position, but pretty much uh, the majority of the guys that uh, have played in the league and that are still playing in the league. Um, but I think the relationships um, 
that are that are that are newer are the ones that I'm probably a little bit more attached to uh, with guys like Ant Miller and um, and uh, Tony Pollard and uh, Darren Henderson, those guys, because when I came in 2017, I actually had an opportunity to work with those guys uh, on the staff as opposed to um, Roulette and um, uh, some of the other guys that were there for me. So uh, the big thing is, man, um, Coach is real big about letting guys know that they're always welcome. Uh, and that they're a part of this program, and this program wouldn't be where it is today uh, without the sacrifices of those former players. And so any way that we can reach back and help support them and uh, they can support us, uh, you know, it's it's huge. Uh, Because I know when I played, man, I used to talk to Mike McKenzie all the time uh, because he was a guy that had went the year prior to to, to me going into the NFL and him and I used to talk all the time about guys that I might be facing or opponents that we we played against uh, and giving guys tips. And even guys like Isaac Bruce, I remember when I played with Bruce, uh, <laughs> a lot of DBs didn't, 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 didn't get along with Bruce. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was like, well, man, I'm not, I'm going to look out for you, you Memphis guys. So I never had those experiences that a lot of those other DBs talked about because, you know, he always showed me Memphis love, hometown love. So. Uh, that family aspect of being a Memphis guy is real, and I think it's something that uh, will continue to grow. And um, I think, you know, with the coaches, the head coaches, uh, Coach Silverfield and the way his approach is of making guys inclusive, um, as well as just not the NFL guys, but all the guys um, that have had a chance to put on put on a uniform for the University of Memphis because one of the biggest things from a recruiting standpoint Man, we got plenty of guys that's coaching around the city um, that play for the Tigers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, coaching at Ridgeway, Moss, um, all type of schools, Whitehaven. Um, so that helps us, quite frankly, um, when you're talking about recruiting because you got guys that, that bleed Tiger Blue too. So um, we need to get access to certain, certain guys or uh, get the inside scoop on players that we should be taking a look at. Um, you know, we do a pretty good job of staying connected with those guys and trying to do a better job of really identifying uh, Memphis talent that's a good fit for the city uh, and a good fit for the Memphis Tigers. Because sometimes, man, it's not a situation we might not like a kid. He just might not be the best fit for what we do on defense or what we do on offense or what we do for our special teams. And um, sometimes, you know, um, you just got to make sure guys understand that. It's never personal. It's just more about a fit for the scheme and what we're trying to do uh, as a team. You touched on it a little bit. Um, You're talking about that love for Memphis. So Memphis is just one of those special places, and it doesn't matter if you played football or basketball. Our fans tend to keep up with you post-career. We follow our guys in the NFL. We follow our guys in the NBA. If you look at guys like, um, just small town uh, guys such as like Willie Kemp just joined the Memphis basketball staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, social media exploded when people found out that a former Tiger was coming back to join the Memphis basketball staff. So when a guy like yourself joins the Memphis football staff in 2017, I believe you went to, was it Central Arkansas in a little time period in between yes. 2017 to now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you went to Central Arkansas, I kept up with that. I, I still see you. Every once in a while, retweet something about UCA. So I know you keep up with your guys there as well. Um, yeah. And I just I find it great to that a fan like myself or like Wes, we can support our alumni 
and the guys who went out on that field and gave it 120% every week. And I get joy out of that myself, not only as a fan, but as somebody who just loves the game of football. Because football is a lot more about the game, a lot more than it's, it is about the game. It's about the family and the fit. And Memphis is one of those special places that you're not going to find that at other schools, uh, <clears throat> Tennessee. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, it, it's just – it's a home. We have a home yeah. here with Memphis, yeah. and you're not going to find that at any other school. Yeah, and you know what? It's crazy because uh, I remember um, that 2017 season, man, and uh, uh, actually it was a situation where um, uh, Coach Novell reached out to me um, about the job with UCA, and, um, you know, he was like, well, hey, man, I want to find out uh, if you may be interested in this corners job. Um, out there with Central Arkansas, um, my buddy got the head job out there, and he's looking for a corners coach, and I want to recommend you. Um, and, you know, he sold me on it and told me how great of a program it was and all that. And he was like, well, Riz, what do you think? And I was like, well, honestly, Coach, you know, I'm only interested if you're not going to promote me here, you know, because at the end of the day, I do want to continue to grow, you know, in this profession. Um, but uh, if there's not opportunity for that here, then um, I'm open to the opportunity at UCA. So he was just like, man, this will give you an opportunity to get on the field and coach your own room and get a chance to recruit and things at that standpoint. It's a part of your growth. And so um, that's that was kind of how that even happened. Uh, and when I went out there, man, they took a lot. I mean, it was a really, really great atmosphere, to be honest with you, with Central Arkansas. Uh, they took a great care of me out there. And uh, a lot of people won't believe it, but it was tough for me to even come back. Um, just because they did take care of me. And I'm not one of those guys that like to move around a lot. Um, I like to stick where I'm at. And so uh, when the opportunity came back to come back to Memphis, uh, it definitely was a great opportunity. And Coach Silverfield reached out, man. And um, so it, it, I'm glad I did it, uh, both sides of it. And I still keep in touch with those guys at Central Arkansas. Uh, today, one of the guys I coached, um, he actually got drafted. Um this past weekend by the uh, Rams uh, fourth round. So um, I still stay in contact with those guys and treat them just like brothers, just like I do with the Memphis guys. So anybody I work with and anybody I'm a part of, I love to keep those relationships going and being somebody that they can reach out to um, that's going to just be honest with them. And so for me, you know, that that's what it's all about, just being honest with these guys and trying to help them and mentor them and, uh, be somebody that they can lean on and, and uh, give them advice and somebody that be supportive of what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, so they become uh, good husbands, um, good parents, and quite frankly, just good community service. Um, so for me, that's that's the big deal is helping transform these guys into those type of individuals. Uh, Coach, talk a little bit about your role as the director of high school relations and then also uh, give what you think is the most important trait in that role as high school relations director. Uh, basically, my my role with the high school relations is uh, I'm basically a direct liaison between the University of Memphis football and all high school um, sports, all high school football uh, teams across the United States. Um, so um, for me, it's, it's the traits are uh, being an effective communicator, uh, and then being a person that uh, represents the university in a way that's uh, favorable 
uh, to all those high schools uh, because sometimes when you're recruiting a kid, uh, they may not have a guy that's a fit for us that particular year, um, but it may be a kid that we may be looking to uh, working with in the future. So the better, the better those relationships uh, with all those different high school institutions uh, between the university, the better opportunity gives us uh, to potentially get that student athlete to come play for the University of Memphis. So at the end of the day, when you're talking about trying to choose between uh, one university or the other, a lot of times it comes down to those relationships where you feel that trust um, and feel that home uh, with what that institution is trying to do and what that team is trying to do and what that coach is trying to do and the leadership and the people. Uh, because at the end of the day, you're talking about, you know, turn your, uh, your, your child over um, mm -hmm. to a staff for the next four years, four to five years, and uh, depending on them to develop them, um, you know, into the, into the responsible people that they need to be. So for us, we take that very seriously. And um, the fact that, you know, we really, really do preach that family atmosphere, uh, I think that's something that's been an advantage for uh, the Memphis program in the past few years as it pertains to recruiting. And the fact that we've been doing a really, really good job of uh, producing on the field, uh, winning games, and putting guys in the NFL, uh, and also putting guys in situations when they graduate, I think we're kind of hitting all those boxes that uh, those parents are looking for when they're looking and trying to make a decision on uh, which university to send their children to. When you talk about family, uh, you, you've alluded to it, Brandon, as well. Talk a little bit about not only the family that Coach Silverfield is building uh, as far as a staff, but also talk a little bit about the family that he's building as far as a football program. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, the main thing is, and, and you know, and I, and I love it as well, man, is that, um, like I said, man, a lot of guys come in there looking for their dream of playing the National Football League. And unfortunately, the percentages are extremely low. You know, it's, it's right. like the lottery. And uh, for us, I think building that family and that camaraderie uh, puts guys in a position where, uh, you know, there's internship opportunities that, you know, we've been trying to put in front of these guys with, you know, companies like FedEx and St. Jude and Nike and uh, major corporations such as that uh, that have direct ties with the Memphis program. So for us, when you start to help educate uh, the student athletes about that aspect, I think it helps them to open their eyes and understand that, hey, man, let me make sure I got a backup plan so while I'm choosing, chasing this dream, I'm still going to take advantage of the opportunities um, that are in place with the relationships that are built from this, this type of family. And so um, that building has been instrumental uh, with these guys. And I think as we continue to grow and continue to build more and more relationships uh, with the corporate sector uh, and introducing them to a lot of our student athletes, I think it's going to even be more beneficial. So, um, that part of it, man, I think that's part of our group, kind of part of our secret to success is that when kids get around us, they feel that vibe. You know, it's not fake. It's not something that's manufactured. Uh, it's just a real feeling of uh, being around people that got your best interests at heart. Go ahead, Brent. All right, uh, Coach, so we, we kind of talked a little bit about your NFL career. Um so I got a two-part question. First part, who is the toughest quarterback you ever had to prepare for? 
while you played played in the NFL. Second part, what's it like to intercept the greatest quarterback of all time in the Super Bowl? I know I know y'all didn't win that game. I know it's probably still tough to talk about, but to get an interception of against the greatest player to ever play the position, in my opinion, uh, it's uh, that, that's a pretty huge accomplishment. Only six people have ever done it, and you're one of them. Yeah, uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, the first part is uh, uh, he definitely was one of the guys that was tough to prepare for, um, you know, going into that Super Bowl. Um, but a guy that gave us trouble at Carolina just because we played those guys two times a year, every year. Um, and uh, they were, you know, a divisional opponent um, that we always had to see. And no matter how we how good we were doing as a team, they was just a team that seemed to always kind of have a number a little bit. Was um, uh, Michael Vick uh, with the when he was with the Falcons? Because I think the league is getting a chance to see that now. Um, it's something that we saw a long time ago. Um, you know, with a guy that was back there playing quarterback that essentially could run just as fast as the guys back there. You know, covered in the secondary. So uh, with them being able to uh, send guys four wide receivers deep. And you having to cover those guys man to man, and then look up and seeing a guy taking off running, uh, running a four three forty, uh, running right up your back. Um, he was pretty tough. And then I remember the first game we used to practice for him, talking about you know tackling in big um, angles. Uh, so you never went where he was; you went about three steps in front of where he was to try to cut him off. Uh, so uh, he was definitely a guy for us from a quarterback standpoint. That gave us fits um, just because, you know, in the NFL, a lot of guys are used to playing a lot of two-man coverage. Um, that was something that was tough to do against a guy like that because typically he thrived when you went to man-to-man uh, because he could run. Uh, and then the second part, um, you know, playing um, Brady uh, in the Super Bowl, man, to be honest, um, we, we prepared for them completely opposite of what they showed on the field. Uh, we thought that they were going to come out and spread us out, play a lot of empty. Uh, they came in and played traditional uh, offense, ran a lot of play action uh, on us and things of that standpoint. So it was like a chess game uh, within the game because the first half we did a good job of stopping them. Second half they went crazy. Uh, third third quarter we did a good job of stopping them. They made adjustments and went crazy in the fourth quarter. So it was just a great game, um, two heavyweights going at it. Um, and at the end of the day, they made the plays at the end to win the game. And, you know, um, you know, I tell kids all the time, man, it's just stuff you learn from those type of situations. They help you teach guys uh, to this day because um, I remember we, we we kicked the ball out of bounds. And uh, I ended up talking to one of the guys, you know, after the game. And he was like, Ridge, we were going to – we were prepared to kneel down and go to overtime and see if we can beat you guys in overtime. But when y'all kick the ball out of bounds, we say, hey, man, we got Brady. Let's see if we can throw a couple passes, get in field goal range, and that's what they did. And you know, beat us with a forty-seven yard field goal uh, with no time left. And uh, um, you know, kudos to them, man. It was a big win for them. It was a disappointment for us. Um, it took me a whole year to even take that ring out the closet, you know, because I felt like, man, we got so close, and the way they just pushed us off the field, like, hey, man, it's the VIP party. You guys got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was just kind of crazy to get that far and uh, had a chance to be a Super Bowl champion and to come up 
you know, a couple seconds short and to never even get that opportunity again because I think a lot of times when you get there, you think you can get back, but it's not easy, man. It's tough. And so any guy that makes that opportunity and gets a chance to play um, in that Super Bowl, it's, it's the greatest feeling or the greatest game you can ever play in because truly the world is watching you. So you got an opportunity to show them what you can do, um, you know, in the biggest game in the world. So um, picking him off and getting that interception was big. Uh, it would have been even better if we could have won the game. Um, but, um, again, man, dude, I'm going to be honest, man. They they were the best complete team we played um, because you really couldn't just key on one guy. And that's what we were good at on as a defense was that whatever you did well, we was going to take that away from you. What they did was so many guys did things good and nobody was, like, exceptional. It made it tough for you to just key in on one guy. So um, that's why they were always kind of hard to defend was because they always found a way to kind of spread that ball around and have different guys that helped them help them win games. And even from a strategy standpoint, their playbook was so wide open. If you tried to key on one thing, they did a good job of kind of um, countering on you and having an answer uh, for once you made an adjustment to them. So, uh, I think it was always a combination of Brady being a great player and uh, them having a great team around him. But then also their system was was a really good system because they did a really good job of kind of attacking you. Uh, whenever you took away their strength, they'll come back and they found a way to beat you with their weakness as well. It's funny. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but that game had a big output on future Tigers in the NFL. Uh that game put Carolina in position to draft D'Angelo Williams with their first round pick. Yeah. And it put the Patriots in position to draft Steven Gostowski, I believe with their fourth or fifth round pick, yep. which, and those two guys, Gostowski's still in the NFL right now. He's unsigned right now, but uh, D'Angelo had an incredible career with the Panthers and Steelers. Uh, and I know you, uh, you got to play with D'Angelo, I believe one year. Uh, yeah. In 2006. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and which, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Because I remember I was in the cafeteria and uh, Coach Fox had asked me about D'Angelo. Um, because at the time, I think they were they were debating between D'Angelo and um, the running back, the big running back from USC. Um, Maurice Jones Drew? Had, or, oh, no, Reggie Bush. Not Reggie Bush. No, the uh, one, White. The bigger uh, one. White. Oh, okay, White. okay. Yeah, they went with the Titans. Um, yeah, gotcha, because gotcha. Fox like Fox liked it bigger backs, right? So, mm -hmm. um and I was like, man, look, you know, D'Angelo is a great player, man. And you ain't going to have to worry about no character issues with him. He's not going to be a liability in that standpoint. So, um, you know, it, it really did come close to that because um, he really did like those bigger backs. Um, but um, D'Angelo was a guy that was definitely electric. And it was funny because the first year that D'Angelo got there, he was running the ball, right? And uh, he got tackled by Julius Peppers. And I was like, well, what's wrong, D? And he was like, well, man, I just got caught by a defensive end. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you might want to go watch some film, dude. That dude run down the airplane. That dude's different. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's Julius, man. You just might want to, you know, at this league, don't go east and west. You got to go north and south as fast as you mm -hmm. can because everybody can run at this level. And it was just kind of, you know, funny just listening to him and talking to him and, him giving me some insight on some of the conversations they have up inside their huddle and 
Um, but D'Angelo coming there, man, was great, man, because D'Angelo was a true professional, a guy that, you know, loved to play the game. And uh, it worked out well for Carolina, man. So, um, and it worked out well for D'Angelo, because D'Angelo had a great career. He did, for sure. Uh, speaking of, of, of Tigers and football, when you look at the success that we've had for the past few years, let's go ahead and talk about next year, Coach. Uh, when you look at the talent that Memphis has coming in next year, uh, I expect another great year with Ryan Silverfield in his second year at the helm. Uh, talk a little bit about the excitement as a staff uh, to have the type of team that we have coming in next year for the University of Memphis. Uh, yeah, man. It's, um, I think the biggest thing is just uh, the competition, uh, right? Uh, we, we got a lot more depth um than we've had in the past uh as it pertains to you know having you know guys that can play in the one two and three d uh they can help contribute and uh we can still you know win games uh, no matter which one of those guys step up for us and i think one of the biggest things quite frankly was last year um just everything we was going through last year man and the fact that we were still able to win games um you know that was crazy uh because I mean, if, if anything gives you confidence, you know, being internally and seeing the things that we were dealing with, um, with COVID and, you know, with the opt-out situation and all that type of stuff and different guys having to step up, um, the fact that our players had this resilience about them, that they're going to win no matter what, uh, it, it does give you a lot of confidence, you know, because um, there were definitely games that, man, we, we were concerned, you know, but. Um, our guys, tribute to them, man, they always play with that that grind and that grit um, that we're known for. And a lot of them times, man, we just gutted it out. Um, guys just found a way, and they always came back to the sideline, talking to each other, saying, don't worry, bro, we're going to figure it out. We're going to win. We're going to find a way. And, and, and a lot of times people take that for granted, but, man, that's huge. When you got that type of confidence that you feel like you can win in any situation, um, that's what – you know, we've we've developed here at the University of Memphis that we're not afraid to play anybody. And we definitely go into every game believing that we're going to win. And if we lose, it's, it's complete dis, uh, disbelief because we feel like we can win every game and we can win against whoever we line up against. So coming into this year, uh, we definitely have a lot of depth uh, on the defensive side of the ball because so many guys got to play last year. And uh, some of the guys we got coming in are going to be welcome additions for us. And then even offensively, um, extremely deep um, at the running back position. Um, I did a good job against some good quality offensive linemen in here uh, for next year. And uh, even the quarterback position, uh, you know, uh, those guys are going to compete because all those guys bring different things to the table uh, and different strengths uh, that can help us succeed. And uh, uh, even at wide receiver, just identifying, you know, other guys are going to have a chance to stop up because we got a lot of young talent um, at the receiver spot. So just like last year, some guys might have to step in there and show um, that they can get it done on the on the on the, on the um, under the lights. Because uh, the crazy thing is, man, sometimes you can see a guy makes the plays and in practice, and you know has all the right answers on the tests and all the quizzes. Sometimes they get out there in front of lights and they're not the same guy. And so um, that's all a part of the coaching element is trying to get those guys to experience that same type of pressure, you know, in practice, um, in the classroom, et cetera. So then when they step on the field, 
um, they're at ease and they're well they're 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 uh, well prepared for whatever they need to uh, face on their field. So for us, man, we're extremely excited um, this year, uh, just specifically because we had a full year to finally get some spring football and a full year to really understand the defense. Um, last year we was implementing a new defense. We went from a four three to a three four, so there was some growing pains with that. Um, but this year, with all that stuff being in place and, you know, guys having one more year in that same system, um, I think, you know, we're going to have opportunity um, to take that next step. Um, because I joke with them all the time. I said, man, back when I played, man, we we played, we played some, some tough defense, you know. And so um, I printed out some of the statistics uh, from some of the stellar defensive performing years for the University of Memphis. And I put it in front of some of our defensive leaders' hands, just let them challenge them. Like, hey, man, you know, this is the level we need to look to, uh, to be, no matter what the offense does. You know, because at the end of the day, it's our job uh, to eliminate points and keep people off our scoreboard, scoreboard and keep them out of our end zone. Like, that's our job, you know, no matter what type of situation we put in. So I think this year, uh, uh, with some of the leadership that we have, some of the guys that came back, they really helped us out bringing that leadership and with the depth um, with some of the guys we got transferring in, I mean, I, I'm excited. Um, I, I'm just ready to kind of be honest to kind of get things rolling in summer camp <laughs> and get rolling for the season and, and put this product on the field and, you know, see how many we can win. Most definitely, Coach. Most definitely. Uh, i got one more quick question for you and then we'll let you go. Um, what is it like to have a guy like Mike McIntyre, uh, former coach of the year? Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. just a great. I mean, just awesome coach. What is it like to have him, literally in your back pocket, to be able to come to and and, and just pick his brain? Well, man, you know what? Uh, it's been great. Um, last year when I came in, I worked with um, um, Bert, um, and you know the guy uh, he ended up leaving and going to Auburn this past year, and so I yeah. just yeah. because I wanted to learn more about the overall defense. Um, and so this year I came in and um, they've been having me, you know, sitting in the, the meeting rooms with the secondary this year and have an opportunity to sit in there with Coach Mack and his knowledge um, of the game. And to be quite frankly, his management. Um, yeah. We don't waste a lot of time. You know, like the things that we work on in meetings and the things we've talked to the players about, everything's come from a place or an experience that, you know, he's dealt with during his career. I mean, the guy's been coaching for 20, 30, what, 30, 34 years. Yeah, and long time. Um, so all that experience that he brings um, to our defense, man, is, is definitely a tremendous benefit for us because, um, you know, he does a really good job of understanding um, problem shooting, right? You know, a lot of people will be content with where we do this well and where we're good at this. But his thought process is always thinking that, well, what if the offense wants to attack us this way? Or how do we solve this issue if this arises with the offense? And just always having those answers, um, you know, for whatever that offense brings to us. I think that's been probably the biggest thing, um, just being able to, to sit down and listen to Coach Mack. And, um, you know, he's definitely very passionate, um, you know, a no-nonsense type of guy, uh, very honest. Um, and I've always respected coaches that are very honest because sometimes they tell you things you don't want to hear, but you go always respect that they're telling you the truth. And uh, sometimes it's hard to hear things that are true. And I think 
we do a really good job of balancing in that, you know, for the guys because they're starting to grow and they're starting to learn. And I think next year, like I said, man, we, we had to hold back a lot of stuff last year because we were teaching stuff through Zoom. You know, yeah. like imagine trying to implement a defense, you know, talking like this over a telecommunication system and trying to get guys yeah. to understand how to play a certain technique and all the, the little things as far as understanding and identifying what the outfits are trying to do and how they're trying to attack you. Now we've kind of elevated to that next level when we're talking to our players is not just knowing what you got to do, but now understanding what we're doing and how that affects the, the offense and how that benefits us as a defense and how to play to our help and communicating better. Um, guys are doing a really better job of communicating and identifying when certain things are coming. And that's all part of being a, a tenacious defense is number one, you better run to the ball. You know, there's yeah. no excuse for not running to the ball. It don't take no talent to run to the ball. That's number one. Um, but then the other things that come with it is the communication, uh, being ball hawks, always trying to get the ball back, um, you know, for the offense, and then understanding situation. Uh, a lot of football is lost because they're not prepared for situational uh, football. And I think we do a really good job of kind of putting our guys in all those type of different elements so that when those um, opportunities uh, uh, present themselves, we can execute at a high level. And the fact that we got a bunch of guys that are getting good at it is going to help us because he's not afraid to play multiple guys um, at different positions um, just to keep everybody fresh. But you got to earn it. You know, we can't put you out there if we can't trust you to get the job done. So I tell kids all the time, well, coach mad at me. I said, no, coach ain't mad at you. I said, coaches, coaches thought you could get the job done. So if he's saying something or going off on you, man, that's 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 a good thing, you know, because yeah. if he's not saying nothing to you, obviously you don't think you're good enough to help us. So um, just kind of talking to the guys from that standpoint, because sometimes when you get jumped on a little bit, it can touch your feelings a little bit. But at the end of the day, man, it's all about us trying to get you to be the best player you can be. Because, like, I take, play, tell players all the time, at the end of the day, dude, it's our job to get you to play to the best of your abilities. Because because guess what? If you play and become an all-conference player, or if you play and become an all-American type player, if you play and become an NFL type of player, guess what? I'm going to put that on my resume. Because at the end of the day, the better you do, the better that makes me look as a coach. So there's yep. nothing that we're going to be telling you to try to hurt your game. It's to enhance your game to make you be the best player you can be. Because, hey, we cheer for your success because that helps our success. So I think just kind of talking to the guys in that standpoint, it doesn't come off as conflict. It comes off as somebody that's trying to help uh, get the best out of you and make you the best you can be. And I think the players appreciate that now. And I think last year was just kind of filling that out. Uh, and now that they kind of know what that feels like this year, I think you're going to see uh, uh, a much improved um, defensive effort next year where I thought we made some strides last year, but I think this year, man, we're going to be, we're going to have opportunity to be, um, you know, really good as long as guys continue to focus on those key principles and what the defense is all about. Man, what a great answer. Uh, Westbrook, Brandon Bumgarner, Reggie Howard, director of uh, high school relations for the University of Memphis has graced us with 39 and a half minutes of just a great interview tonight. Uh, Coach Howard, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you have been just an excellent interview, and we hope to have you back on during the season, if if, if possible. Oh, appreciate you guys again. Like I said, thank you for having me, and uh, 
I'd love to come back home, man. Just let me know. Just reach out, reach out to my man, Drew. Got you, man. I'll do it. All right, guys. All right, y'all have a good one. Yes, sir. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right.